Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, Calvin Jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for later in this episode. We'll have the Ultra Player of the Week coming up. Uh, But with that, Matt, holy crap, man. I was not expecting that out of a makeup game and where the Bulls played arguably one of the worst halves they played this season. Turned it around by playing one of the best halves they've played all season. I'm fired up after that win, even though the Pistons suck. I am glad to see that these guys actually pulled it together and had the biggest comeback in the NBA, man. How you feeling today? Jordan, what's up? What's up, Bulls Nation? Yeah, that was that went from being a, a very not fun game to watch to actually being a pretty fun game to watch. The first half was really ugly and disappointing. Obviously, you know, as you mentioned, a little bit of a uh a a wild card game given the fact that not only were the Bulls not planning on playing the Pistons uh, on Wednesday night, but but instead were preparing for the Pelicans before weather in Dallas and a Spurs, you know, mini outbreak uh, after playing the Hornets caused this uh, weird gap in the schedule and, you know, a, a re uh, realigned schedule that had the Bulls and and Pistons facing off. They, they weren't even supposed to play the Pistons at any point in the first half of the season schedule. All of their games in the, uh, against the Pistons were coming in the second half. So, like, they had basically done no scouting reports uh, or, you know, preparation for this game until they got word from the league, okay, we're going to play this game at the United Center on Wednesday night, Bulls, Pistons, let's go. And they basically had 24 hours uh, to prepare for it. So, kudos to Donovan and his staff for you know, doing what they could to, you know, make those adjustments on the fly. And clearly, you know, the Pistons got the better of the Bulls in the first half. I thought the Bulls actually were moving the ball fairly well and getting good looks and just weren't hitting them and defensively were flat. I think Kobe White in particular talked about it after the game, uh, but he's not the only guilty party. When your shots aren't falling on the offensive end, you can let it affect your effort on the defensive end. It's, It's something that we've always seen in the NBA. It happens, especially with younger players. 
And that's the the hole that the Bulls dug for themselves as the Pistons were shooting the ball really efficiently, especially right out of the gate in the first quarter. But credit to Donovan, credit to this team for coming out with uh, a real you know sense of urgency in the second half uh, to, to scrape and claw their way back in. Obviously, Zach was big in the third quarter. He had 15 of his 37 in the third quarter to lead the comeback. But I think the, the team as a whole, especially with Donovan changing that starting lineup to start the second half, was uh, was a really strong move, and it was a good response. And and the second big comeback win for the Bulls this season, uh, you know, after that big comeback over Portland way back when. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. <laughs> it was the that time of night last night, man, and I was. Uh... Honestly, we can talk a little bit more about like the last 90 seconds of that game a little bit later, but the first half was just flat, man. And isn't it funny? There's two ways of going about one move that you would make, and I'm thinking more towards the move that Jim Boylan and Billy Donovan have both made in their tenures as Bulls head coaches, right? Benching your starters. There's a way to do it, and there's a way not to do that, right? The way that Jim Boylan did it, where he ripped it out in front of everybody on TV and embarrassed the guys, is the way is the way not to do it. The way Billy Donovan did it to start that second half, and allowing Thaddeus Young to, during that timeout, to basically cuss every single one of those young guys out in that circle and not have to say a word, that's the right way to do it. And Billy Donovan got the best out of his bench again. He said, okay, young players, you don't want to go out there and play? You guys don't want to hustle? You guys don't want to give the effort? You want to get your ass kicked? I'll let the vets go out there and play. And sure enough, what happened? The vets went out there alongside Zach Levine and Patrick Williams, and they clawed their way back, man. So I give them a bunch of kudos for that. But I had to laugh. I had to laugh at that. I was like, there's two ways of doing the same exact move. Jim Boylan did it wrong. Billy Donovan did it right. Yeah, and Donovan, I think, has already earned the respect of these players who know that he's he does have their best interest at heart. And I think that that's something that, despite maybe what he tried to convince the media, uh, Boylan never had. Um, I, I think that it's uh, it's also very worth noting that even though he, you know, quote unquote, benched some of his younger guys in the starting lineup to start the second half in, in Wendell and Kobe and Patrick Williams, he also said, like, look, most of it was I, I liked the defensive intensity that we closed the first half with. So I basically kept that same lineup out there to start the second half and see if we could keep that momentum going. And they did. While Zach was going on his offensive tear saying, OK, get on my back. I'm going to offensively lead us back into this game. That unit as a whole, Zach included, who, by the way, had three steals last night, held the Pistons to 12 points in the third quarter. And they played like the first eight minutes of that quarter after finishing the second quarter. So, you know, caught their breath at halftime and Donovan decided to keep rolling with them, but made sure that the, the younger guys who got quote unquote benched knew it wasn't about punishment. It was about, okay, who's playing well? Let's let's keep riding that hot hand. Let's keep riding the, the, the lineup that's working. And in a in a beautifully perfect way, even though Kobe and Wendell and P-Dub had a, you know, a chance to sit there in this third quarter and think about, okay, what can I do better uh, when I get another chance to get back out there? Because this unit will get tired, and they did. Kobe hit a big three in the final minute of the fourth quarter to extend the Bulls' lead. A few seconds later, Patrick Williams hit that big corner three. It was huge. To pad the Bulls' lead. Wendell made some big defensive stops late in the game. So they all redeemed themselves after their coach said, hey, 
take a seat. We're going to try and work our way back into this game, but I will be calling back onto you later in this game. And they all delivered. That was really big. It's it's a great point that you're making is that these guys responded to Billy Donovan as opposed to what they did with Boylan, too. And it tells you a lot about the character. And like you were saying at the beginning, man, it's about buying into what they're selling you in Billy Donovan truly believes in these guys and actually has the best intentions for every single one of them out there every single night and I think they're all starting to realize that if they haven't if they were still apprehensive a little bit maybe going into the season some of these guys that sit at the end of the bench don't get a whole ton of playing time or if you're a guy like Denzel Valentine who was didn't really know what his role was last year with the previous coach coming into this year I mean but he's given guys every opportunity to try and succeed and I credit him man a ton I had to laugh though I was looking at you know I I tweeted it earlier this morning, but I've watched way too many Pistons games than I would like to care to admit this year. And Jeremy Grant is is as real as it comes, man. That's him this year. And I joked at the beginning of the season that he got paid $20 million a year and I had no idea what the hell Detroit was doing. But clearly they were like, nope, let's let's double his usage. Let's double the amount of shots he's taken per game and let's see what he can do. And he balled out last night, man. He had a career high 43 points with Zach Levine guarding him on, on him, but wasn't enough for the win. So, uh, yeah, he he's unbelievable, man. And the Bulls had a really hard time stopping him at the end of that game. I mean, I, I think... Everybody kind of anticipated when he signed that deal with the Pistons that going from a very quality, I mean, you would say somewhere between above average and excellent role player with that Denver team that unexpectedly made a run all the way to the Western Conference Finals to being the guy on a worse team that was still trying to figure stuff out. What's the future of Rose? What's the future of Blake Griffin? Uh, Which I talked a little bit about yesterday, but that's clearly his team now. And, you know, I'm sure it's it's an adjustment for him and I'm sure it's frustrating for him in similar ways that we have all been uh, sympathetic to what Zach Levine has gone through with the Bulls over the last few years, being the best guy on a team that just is kind of stuck and, and needing to figure some things out. But man, I mean, he was he was a true joy to watch last night, even though he was doing it to our team. That dude is a beast. I just love that guy. I'm a big fan of watching Thomas Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young play together out there, man, for extended minutes. Those two seem to be figuring out whatever chemistry those guys have. They're figuring it out on top of Zach Levine, too. Kobe White... He had some good stretches like you talked about, too. It was huge for him to hit that shot. You know, regardless of whatever else his stats said the last couple of nights or the last couple of weeks, that was the biggest shot, not only for Kobe White's confidence, but just Zach Levine being able to finally take a deep breath and say, damn, finally somebody else out here is making a shot late in games because you don't have the other guy that has been pretty consistent at doing that. And that's Lowry Markkinen. Lowry Markkinen's not out there. So Zach is kind of on a lonely island. And it was nice to see Kobe come up with a big shot and then Patrick Williams, too, with a big corner three uh, to pretty much seal the game. So I was I was thrilled. And again, we could talk about the Pistons being eight and 20 and two and 12 on the road and this game being popped up on the schedule. Blake Griffin not playing. They had quality wins last week against the Celtics and the Nets, man. Like they they were a team that was playing better. Yeah, and Sadiq Bey, too, was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, the rookie. Okay, yeah, that's that's the bullshit, though. That is bullshit. (laughs) Why do you say that? Because look what he did compared to look what Zach did. 
you kidding me? Like, yeah, 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 yeah I know that's that a the, good call. It, it, I'm sure that they significantly weighted it because the Pistons had unexpected quality wins over, you know, playoff bound teams like Brooklyn and Boston. And he was very efficient with his shooting in, in those games last week. But come on, he averaged 17 a game. Really? <laughs> Zach averaged 34. Dude, he had, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for the 30 point, 30 point game that he had, the 30 and 12 where he hit where he had fucking seven threes. He's been on fire from the three-point line, but you're right. Yeah, I, I had to kind of laugh at that, too. I didn't realize he only had 10, 16, and 12 in the other four games that week. But uh, regardless, yeah, the, the shooters didn't show up. And that's something else that we should talk about at some point, maybe to an extent, is how well the Bulls are defending the three-point line, man. I've got to give Billy Donovan a whole hell of a lot of credit. A lot of things don't look good around the basket a, a lot of the time, but they've been defending the perimeter so well, and it's something so refreshing to see compared to last year where the Bulls would just give up threes and half a dozens and dozens and it's just refreshing to see an actual defense continuously play and defend night in and night out and making teams adjust to what the Bulls are strong at and that's defending the three. You're right man Um, and speaking of that uh, Sadiq Bey snubbing Zach for the NBA's Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week Um, You mentioned at the top of the show, we've got a new sponsor here on Locked on Bulls, Michelob Ultra. We're happy to have them as a sponsor. And inspired by what you may have seen during the Super Bowl, their new commercial, their new ad campaign about athletes and are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? We're going to be doing, um, whenever they are sponsoring any of our episodes, a Michelob Ultra Player of the Week segment where we pick a Bulls player from the week uh, that we are in and name them the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. So, given that Zach Levine had 37 points, five rebounds, five assists, and three steals in the Bulls' comeback win against the Pistons, and also had himself a pretty damn fine game against the Pacers in an overtime win on Monday... Hopefully he can take this momentum through the back-to-back set of games Friday against the Philadelphia 76ers, Saturday against the Kings. But we're going to go ahead right now and on Thursday through the first two games of the Bulls week, name Zach, the Michelob Ultra player of the week. By the way, Michelob Ultra, just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. And I think Zach was enjoying himself uh, at times, especially last night. Um, and some of it was enjoyment from just getting riled up and, and showing his mean side, whether it was barking at the refs after what should have been his millionth and one of the season, but was actually just a, a made basket because he didn't get the and one call or, you know, getting into it with Josh Jackson, who doesn't want none of that Zach Levine smoke. I think Zach was enjoying himself last night. So, um, you know, our Locked Up Bulls listeners, enjoy yourselves this weekend. Go out and grab some Michelob Ultra, just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Oh, man, look at him and Jackson getting into it. And you see Brett Angel has to get in and uh, and separate it. But I like it. I, I like I, it. There you go, Zach. Don't let him do that. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. I like the, I like the feistiness. 
And a technical foul is going to be issued here against Jackson. Jackson and picked up his fifth foul. Yeah, so that's five personal on Jackson. It's a double tech. Look at that. Look at I mean, look at look at the scratch on Levine's neck right now. He's he is out there earning it. Yeah, he's like he has scratched in the neck by a raptor. It tells you how physical the game is. Yep. They've, they've been letting him play. I mean, Josh Jackson scratches him across the neck, man, and you can see it as it's like bleeding up and more appearing as they've got the shot on Zach last night on TV, man. I'm sitting there like screaming to myself how in the how in the world did they come up with a double tech on that play when Zach has a scratch that's like 10 inches across his neck that's clearly visible I I just maybe it was because he told Josh Jackson we're not playing these fucking games get the fuck out of my face that's cool but I I just I don't understand man I, I don't understand how they came up with a double tech on that I mean, maybe the the taunting slash maybe you could call it taunting and profanity from Zach after, you know, he basically ripped the ball away from Jackson, who was trying to rip it away from him. And uh, yeah, use use some colorful language, shall we say. But clearly, Josh Jackson was the instigator in that. But a lot of times uh, the instigator and the retaliator will both, you know, just end up getting a double tech. That's kind of how NBA officials have handled it recently. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I think it should have just been a one-way tech on Jackson, who was the, you know, the punk who started that. But th- it was a, another example of some recent examples I've seen where Zach gets into this, like, FU mode. You know, somewhere, like, climbing the ladder towards Mamba mentality with, you know, the bottom jaw sticking out and, you know, making faces and, 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 you know, blowing, you know, blowing smoke all over the place. Like he got pissed off last night. And I love to see that because I think that not only Zach, but a lot of the younger guys in this Bulls team over the past years. And, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, bring back a, he who must not be named nomenclature or, or ism here, but lacking a little bit of that meanness, a little bit of that dirty. You know, let's let's go with with what Pop used to say about the Spurs. I want some nasty. This Bulls team hasn't shown a lot of nasty over the last couple of seasons. And when I when Zach gets into that mode, man, watch out. I work for Greg Popovich. The other thing I was gonna say too, man, it made me just you saying that alone made me think of the quote from Garrett Temple maybe maybe in preseason or maybe like one or two games into the actual regular season when they asked when they asked him like his thoughts on Zach and what does it take for Zach to get to that next level right Garrett Temple said there's a clear difference between the way that Zach plays and the way that guys that were superstars in this league play, they came with killer mentality every single night. They want to rip your head off every single night. And he said, if Zach wants to be that player, he needs to have that type of aggression every single night. And I think it started to click, Matt. I I honestly do. I think it started to click with Levine and whatever Garrett Temple is telling him, whatever Thaddeus Young is telling him, mentoring him, it's clicking and it's showing. You're right. Even look at the swag he has when he goes off and sits on the bench for three or four minutes. He's sitting all by him. I know that they're spread out because of COVID, but sitting all by himself, legs spread, arms spread out, just chilling. He... I don't know. There's been the transformation in the way that he is on the court this year, like the way that he's expressing his emotions too about each game, the more chippiness towards the refs too, when he's not getting calls. I'm all about it, man. I I really am. And I think Garrett Temple was onto something and I think Zach's starting to pick that up. You're right, man. Um, I think, uh, it's it's another example of the 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 ways in which uh, Temple as a new arrival, but then also the holdover, you know, vet of Thad Young are, positively influencing 
the guys on this team, um, which, by the way, if you didn't listen to yesterday's episode, I did a, a whole long uh, breakdown of the pros and cons of, of the, the the trade Thad Young uh, situation that the Bulls are in right now. Should they or shouldn't they? So go give that a listen. But yeah, you know, it, it's just nice to see them uh, stick together. And like you even mentioned, you know, Thad Young yelling at them during a timeout in the first half when they were down big, but not hanging their heads. And like last year, just saying, all right, well, here's here's another 20-point loss. Sucks to be us. They're responding, and they're responding in much better ways. Some of that's the vets doing what they can uh, to instill confidence in the younger players um, with with Billy Donovan doing his thing as well. So it was a, it was a good fight back effort. It was a good win. Bulls now have two in a row. And um, I'm certain it won't be the last time, but for the first time, we are naming Zach Levine as our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Through the first two games of the Bulls week, he has 33 and a half, seven and four uh, through his stat line. So hopefully he can keep that going um, in what will be a pretty big test against Philly tomorrow night. He absolutely deserves it too, man. He had 24 points in that second half against Detroit. He was 9 for 12 from the field. He had two rebounds, two assists, two steals. And he was 3 for 4 from 3. And he had a clutch 3-2 with about 5 minutes left in that fourth quarter. So props to Zach. I'm hoping we get closer and closer to being able to actually stamp that letter where he's going to his first All-Star game. I have no doubts, man. I told you last week I had no doubts. And now after last last night's game, I have absolutely zero doubts about him being an All-Star. Uh, Matt, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the decision-making by this team towards the end of this game last night because there was a couple of opportunities where the Bulls could have easily handed this game over to the Pistons. Before I do that, I want to tell you guys about BetOnline. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Matt, I had a very painful loss in a parlay last night where Duncan Robinson. I needed one more three from Duncan Robinson, and I would have hit on an 81-1 to parlay. He went three for 10, and I couldn't even get him to hit a three in overtime. That game being sent there, 81-1, to but you can make those types of parlay bets on betonline.ag. Head over to their website or use mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code is locked on, so go to betonline.ag, sign up for a free account, use the promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you ever all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much money for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. 
So, man, we got to talk a little bit. So much as much as as much of the praise as we've given Zach Levine, uh, we do have to talk about a couple of decision making things that he uh, he had late in this game. One, I want to talk about that pass. You know what pass I'm talking about? The one where he he had the bounce pass to Kobe White out of the inbounds and he almost threw it away with only a three point lead. That was that was too close to call, man. I was squeezing my butt cheeks at the end because I was like, "Oh my!" Zach makes that pass. They run on a fast break, hit a three. That's the Bulls of the old. But it was a sneaky, nice pass, and it led to a bucket and ended up sealing the win. But those, I mean, I don't know. I guess he thought he could thread the needle there, but he hasn't. He hasn't consistently shown that he can do that to make that type of pass. Were you scared about that at all? And were you nervous about any of the decision making late in the game? Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the the territory we're always in. It's it's the do or die dicey. Sometimes Zach's the hero and sometimes Zach has a decision late in the game that makes you say, oh, gosh, like the Pacers game, the step back three he hit over, you know, a, a pretty decent contest. I was like, man, that's technically not a great shot, but Zach loves those step back threes and he buried it anyway. But a couple of possessions before that, he drove down the middle of the lane, left his feet without any plan of where he was going, tried to find somebody to like pass it to. He like as he was doing a 180 in the air and just threw it right to the Pacers. Like there are always those moments of balancing good Zach and bad Zach and crunch time Zach is, you know, I so die so heavily dissected from Bulls fans right now. Cause guess what? He's our best player. Go to the other 29 teams in the league. They're talking about the same thing. If it's a close game and their best player has the ball and either does something good or does something bad, it's normal. I feel like Bulls fans flip out about it too much. And yes, Zach has some of those decision-making issues late in games. I think he's gotten better about it. I think he has gotten more clutch this season than he was last season. And it is kind of coincidentally just the thing that comes up a lot because and I didn't know this until doing some post-game reading last night, but the Bulls have the most within a score within five points or fewer in the final five minutes games of like basically the entire rest of the league. They have more games decided by five points or fewer than the entire rest of the league. So guess what? Zach's been in those situations a lot this season. Yeah, man. The uh, the clutch stats is is it's in. It's discouraging because if you go look at those, it shouldn't define who Zach is or what his his season has been all about. But that's something that's most consistent. I think that'll be the next thing that if if he stays here long term, that'll be the next thing that Bulls fans really will harp on. If you're a Zach Levine stan or if you're a Zach Levine hater, either of those, it's going to come down to these late game decisions, whether it be passing turnovers or the shot selections that he's making. I looked it up because I was curious. I was like, how is he and Devin Booker doing in clutch time? Because having almost identical stats, the teams are having sort of identical years. We could talk about that later. The Suns have been way better this year, but way better supporting cast. My point here is Devin Booker has been a zero, a non-factor in clutch games. And the Phoenix Suns have played in a decent amount. I think it was 16 of their 24 games that they played in clutch time within five points with less than five minutes left. He's shooting 33% from the field in clutch time on a bunch of shots. Zach Levine is shooting 36%. The most damning is Zach Levine's three-point percentage in clutch time. It's 27% this year, man, which is not good. But like you said, 
he's the only one that can take shots consistently at the end of the game. And if you're the only one out there that you trust, you're going to trust yourself to take the shot as opposed to one of your young guys out there. And it's just something that we're going to have to deal with until Zach has a legitimate partner, partner in crime out there helping him close games and he can rely on on shooting. I thought it was going to be Lowry, but we we unfortunately don't have him. So I was surprised by that, though. And and you know what? That was the the thing that I think I liked the most about the way that the Bulls closed that Pistons game is that it didn't come. To, and, you know, thankfully, and Donovan said as much after the game, like, you know, I'm, I'm not celebrating this win too much. Like the Pistons got a wide open look from three on the final possession and we got lucky that they didn't make it. And so, yes, in a sense, the Bulls came back from 25 down. Good for them. But they almost blew it and were forced to go to another overtime game for the second time in three nights. But the fact that, as we were talking about earlier, Kobe White hit a big three late. Patrick Williams not only hit his big three late, you know, talk about stones from a 19-year-old rookie. He also had the majority of his points on the night in the fourth quarter. So, as you're saying... It, there has been a lot of times this season and certainly all of last season where it's like, all right, well, it's Zach and it's nobody else who can create their own shot, who can be that clutch person that we can rely on to drive and and make a layup or get fouled or, or to hit a big three. I like that Zach didn't have to do it by himself last night and starting to trust teammates a little bit more. The teammates are starting to step up a little bit more and aren't afraid to take those shots. Um, especially P-Dub and Kobe, who had gotten benched to start the second half. That is a good sign because you need multiple options. You need multiple threats. Otherwise, in those crunch time situations, you're just making it that much easier for your opponent's defense. I saw a bizarre stat, too, and maybe this is just more credit to, again, two of the guys that have been a very big key for why the Bulls are winning games consistently this year, and Garrett Temple had one of the top field goal percentages in clutch time. It was a small sample size of only 11 shots, but there's been probably only about 60, 65 players that have taken a decent amount of shots in clutch time. And Garrett Temple was up there. He was six for 11 at 57% or yeah, around 57% in clutch time. And Thaddeus Young was up there too, man. He had a high field goal percentage in clutch time too. So two of the vets that have been closing games are actually making an impact alongside Zach too. So it's again, it's a learning process and Zach's only 25. He's going to turn 26, I think in a couple of weeks here, but still he's got, he's got his whole prime in front of him and he's going to continue to grow. And we're just seeing that. I think that, Everybody could put away the doubts of Zach not being able to grow, improve, because he's he's proved it year after year after year, doubt after doubt after doubt. So I, I those were the only like little negative criticisms I had of last night's game, but that's been the same with every close game the Bulls have played in. Yeah, they're, they're a team that plays a lot of close games. Um, so, you know, I, I guess at least they're, they're not boring. Like the Bulls last year, there was a lot of boring borderline unwatchable and boring, whether they were just playing an ugly style of basketball or playing an ugly style of basketball and getting their asses handed to them and losing by somewhere like between 25 and 40 points. At least they're competitive more nice than not. Like they've only been blown out a couple of times this season. Um, And, you know, most uh, the, you know, well, I guess not a couple, probably three or four, but two of those came right out of the gate. Um, they've been much more competitive. They've been much more fun to watch. And at, at least we're in these close games. Some of them have been heartbreaking losses, 
but their level of competition has certainly stepped up a bit from last season. And anyone, to your point, who thinks that Zach Levine is the same player this season as he was last season has not been paying attention. 100%, man. Uh, I think that's going to about do it here on Locked On Bulls. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the win last night against the Pistons. Again, Twenty-five down 25 points. It's the biggest comeback in the NBA this season. So credit to a young Bulls team for never giving up. Um, hit us up with your reaction, 331-979-1369. Your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter, at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a brush episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.